You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at 3 p.m. All of our shows are heard exclusively here on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net. We're broadcasting from their state-of-the-art studios in the Tech Space facility in beautiful Costa Mesa, California. If you're listening to this show in the future as a podcast, we do encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Smart Stop Self Storage, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, to make better and more informed business decisions. We have two guests today. If you're expecting to hear my interview with Doug and Chenin Bootwell, you need to wait a little bit. There are second guests in the second guest position, which means about 25 minutes from now, we'll be talking about their firm, Totally Rad Incorporated. Our first guest is a published author. Her name is Sonia Marsh. I invited Sonia to come and tell her story about when she was living in Lake Forest, California, she and her husband decided to pack up the family and move from Orange County, California to Belize. From freeways to flip-flops chronicles Sonia's realization that paradise isn't always a destination, but an appreciation of the simple things in life. Sonia's second book, My Gutsy Story Anthology, was released earlier this month, and a portion of the proceeds will be donated to Women's Stage. Sonia, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick, for inviting me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. Let's get started. Tell me about the inspiration for your first book, Freeways to Flip-Flops. Well, I have to tell you that so many of us reach a point in life where we're just ready to chuck it all and move to paradise. Amen. And that kind of happened to my husband and I when we were in our mid-40s. We have three sons who at the time were 16, 13, and 10. And my husband, who's an attorney, was sort of stressed out with the gridlock freeways, fed up with um, you know those long commutes. We were overstressed. We were having issues with our kids, especially our oldest son. We were mm-hmm. fed up with the entitlement attitude of young people. Right. And um, I personally have lived in many countries. I lived in Africa when I was small, and I wanted to get my kids away from the Orange County microcosm and see how other people live in other parts of the world. That can be very healthy. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, uh, the, everything escalated to a kind of a crisis point with uh, with the, the workload, my husband not spending time with the kids, and we thought, why postpone our dreams? Why not just do things today? So it took us, I'm not saying that we did it in a day, <laughs> we did some research and we wanted to live a simple life. Okay. And so um, that is exactly uh, what happened when we uprooted our family and moved with 10 suitcases and a rat terrier from our house in Lake Forest to a hut on stilts in Belize, Central America. Uh, For those of us that have just moved from one house to another house, we know what's involved in moving. I can't imagine the uh, number of details that you and your husband had to deal with to move that far to another country to a completely different way of life. There must have been a million decisions that you both had to make to be able to prepare yourself to leave. Yes. um, Obviously, we didn't just move in a day. We did some research. We read some books. Um, 
we discovered that Belize was affordable and that English is the main language. Right. So that was the reason we wanted to move there. All the other countries in Central America, I think it's Spanish speaking. Spanish, right. right. And so for the education of my children, we picked Belize. But we did go on a scouting trip first. My husband and I did uh, do something a little bit intelligent before <laughs> we just moved. And we spent 10 days researching three parts of the country that we wanted to move to. And we discovered one in northern Belize. Um, the main reason we went there was affordability mm-hmm. and uh, the schools. So, But things didn't work out the way we had thought. So, <laughs> Okay, well, that brings us to your first book then, right? <clears throat> Freeways to Flip-Flop. Exactly. So le- let's discuss, I'm holding uh, a copy of the book that Sonia was so gracious enough to autograph for me and to give me the copy. It's a very substantial book, and I'm, I'm interested, in, the title is Freeways to Flip-Flops, A Family's Year of Gutsy Living on a Tropical Island. So tell us about the book. What What's what stories are in the book? Give us a sense for the content of your book. Well, um, there are many different stories of adventures and misadventures in the book. Um, imagine a family moving from Orange County with teenagers who are used to television, used to um, you know, gadgets, <laughs> yeah, and then moving to a hut, and they've never, ever been... Uh, you know, I, I mean, they've traveled, but they've never been to a third world country. Did you ever camp? Were you campers at all? No. <laughs> no. Wow, this is really... Okay. Right. And so for the first two weeks, they wouldn't get out of the hut because we did have computers. And the reason we had computers is we were planning on working. Okay. Um, so they were staying inside all the time. And then uh, being a mom that wanted my kids to explore the area, I told them to get out of the house and explore the jungle, which was a big mistake. Because the first misadventure we had was my middle son touched a poison wood tree, and we had no idea what that was, but he was highly allergic to it, and he had to be hospitalized, oh and this goodness. was two weeks after moving there. So it was just one thing after another. I mean, there were extremely good things that happened as far as reconnecting the family, which was one of the reasons we wanted to move there. My husband had time for his kids rather than sitting on freeways. Right. Um, so it had some pros, and then, of course, there were some things that didn't go the way we had expected them, which was mainly to do with business. Okay, because you had planned to create an income stream while you right. were in Belize. Yeah, in fact, we had sold everything, our wow. house, our furniture, wow. our cars, wow. and we just said, this is it, we're moving to Belize. <laughs> and, um, you are gutsy. Yeah, and so uh, obviously our goal was to make a living. But uh, we made a few mistakes, which um, I think the main mistake was that we went there with the the vision that you can start a business like you would in the U.S. And uh, things don't work that way because we moved to an island where uh, the community was small. And you cannot just come and impose your ways when the locals want to do things their way. Right. So that was a big mistake. But we, had, uh, we waited six months before this happened. But um, I think that now we're looking back on it, we should have waited a little bit longer and and made some better decisions about... Sonia, would you say this book would be for someone who's considering a significant life change and maybe maybe they're not looking to move to a tropical island, but they're making a gutsy decision in their life? Would this book be instructional for them, maybe, on what the lessons you've learned as well as the stories that you... I think you, I think you can take the the messages that I have in the book and apply them to many different situations. You know, I always tell people when they say, "Oh, what about moving? We can't. We don't want to move our family to a, a third world country or whatever." I say, if you're having issues, say with your your kids, you can always 
pull them out of a situation and send them to a different school if that's the issue. It doesn't have to be a different country. And um, as far as the paradise lesson, I always thought, having traveled a lot, that paradise was tropical islands. So do I. Yeah, and of course they're beautiful, and I still believe they're beautiful, and Belize is a beautiful country. But the big lesson that I took away from it is that really paradise is a place that you need to find within yourself. That it doesn't matter where you go in this world. If you don't have that paradise within yourself, you'll find stressful situations no matter where you wow. go. So that was my big learning experience. Bang the gong, Paul. We <laughs> look for those learning moments, shared experience, peer learning here mm-hmm. on Critical Mass Radio Show. Our guest today is Sonia Marsh. We're talking about her first of two books that she's written so far in her writing career, Freeways to Flip Flops. Now, it's a story of a family's year in belize when you went to belize it sounds like you weren't expecting to only be there not only in a negative sense but you were just planning to be there longer than a year is that correct right um that's exactly what we were going to do and we tried to start a second business since the first one didn't work and unfortunately the second one didn't work either you know when you move to belize it's mainly to do scuba diving uh, dive shops but there's so many people who do that and we didn't want to do that kind of business yeah that's it's and it's a different business too unless you're used to doing retail and dealing with tourists i mean um for me, it wouldn't it, that wouldn't attract me either. I mean, your husband's a professionally trained attorney. There's there's right. a lot of value in what he knows, and it would be better, I would think, to try to scale that knowledge into a business, which would make sense. Um, so, and you, we're going to take our first commercial break, and ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere because we'll be back in less than two minutes. When we come back. Uh, I discovered in getting to know Sonia that she actually used and is using crowdfunding. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that works, not just as we did on a previous show this week in the film and in the entertainment industry, but for authors and publishers. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with our first guest, Sonia Marsh, after these words from our commercial sponsor. Got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sea. With smart stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smart way to store. Smart stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart stop, the smarter way to store. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come so ask yourself just one question can i really afford to wait take the first step take our complimentary self-assessment at successionstrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience that's succession-strategies.com 
welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I would like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. In the past 30 days, you've downloaded over 12,000, well, actually, you downloaded 12,963 different episodes of our radio program, and we here at the program and the radio station support, appreciate your continued support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net. And if you do like to listen to our show as a podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcasting services. All right, let's return to my first interview today on the program with Sonia March. As I said, she's a published author. She's a gutsy person. Her and her family took a lifestyle change, which is amazing to me. The stories that we've talked about here in the studio as well, there's a lot more that we're going to be able to cover in the limited time that I have with Sonia today. But I did want to talk about her second book. I'm holding a copy of this book hot off the presses my gutsy story anthology true stories of love courage and adventure from around the world so talk to the audience sonia a bit about your second book okay well um when we got back from belize people started telling me you know sonia you're really gutsy Mm. and that idea of gutsiness stayed with me and i thought you know why not ask other people what they have done in life that's gutsy so on my blog which is called gutsyliving.com Um, I decided that I would start uh, asking people to submit their gutsy stories. And this started in October of 2011. And my first gutsy story was from a woman in San Diego named Rhonda Hayes. And her story was, uh, it was kind of, it was a different, it wasn't about travel, but it was about a risk that she took um, in life. And I figured that I should get more stories and more and more people were submitting. And then it suddenly occurred to me that I should put them together in an anthology. This took about two years. I've collected 64 stories from different authors. Uh And then this led me to creating an event, which I have called Bring Out the Gutsy in You. (laughs) Um, It's amazing where this is going. Yeah. And it's just like one thing led to another. One good idea begets another, right? right. Exactly. So um, on September 26th, I'm launching this uh, gutsy anthology. It's already out, but we're going to be launching it. And I have been able to get some fabulous keynote speakers to come for this event. It's a free event for the community, and I'm inviting the community to come and and try to be more gutsy. So if you're listening to us today live, or if you're listening to this as a podcast, and it isn't September 26th yet of 2013, um, your event is an evening event, I see. It's from 6 to 9 p.m. And how would people find out more information about Bring Out the Gutsy in You, Sonia? Well, I do have it on my website. Okay. And uh, you can reach me either at gutsyliving.com or Sonia, S-O-N-I-A, Marsh, M-A-R-S-H.com. And who should attend this? You know, um, the people who should attend it are those who either have gutsy stories themselves that they want to share with us because we're going to uh, open it up to the public to share stories, or people who need a little nudge to to become a little more motivated to follow their passions and not make excuses about postponing their dreams. You know, there was a Jim Carrey uh, movie where he had to say yes to everything in life. And and for a while, my wife and I, actually one year we made a New Year's resolution that for that year, within reason, we were going to accept all invitations regardless of, of our initial reaction to it. And it's interesting when you take that attitude that's not as gutsy as what you and your husband did. But we really had some unique experiences because we were open to saying yes instead of 
finding reasons to say no. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, and that's what I try to do now with my own businesses. When people ask me stuff, I always say yes before I even have time to say, <laughs> oh, should I really be doing that? All right. So, so. are you going to have a second My Gutsy Story book? Yes, I have. Um, my goal is to do it. Um, you know, every two years when I have like 64 stories or maybe even uh, every year and put an event together. I trademarked my gutsy story because I want to make this something that motivates people to send me their gutsy stories and to help other people take those risks in life. I'm all about peer learning. I, I, I believe we have experiences and insights that other people can benefit from and they have that for us. And that's why we do this. That's why we started doing this radio show six years ago. That's why I still do it today. That's why I've done 700 different interviews, over 700, because there's just so much that each one of us has to share. And in 25 minutes, we get a chance to kind of get get a, a different set of experiences from you that can motivate other people. And I think people need to be a little more gutsy after we've just been through a very <laughs> hard few years with the economy and right, all. Right. It's time now to be bold again and, and be gutsy. I agree. I totally agree. And I know that those stories, I get uh, comments on my website from people who tell me, you know, thank you so much for putting those stories out. That really helped me or wow. that touched me. So um, that makes me feel good. That is. That is. Makes you want to do it again, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it sure does. And and having a brand around my gutsy story and, and being gutsy, I think, is attracting will attract more people to you as well because it it speaks to them at a very natural and organic level. I think you're right, but I have to tell you that um, it's not just me who calls myself gutsy. There is a woman coming to my event, Mary Beth Bond, and she is known as the Gutsy Traveler. Okay. She um, has written for National Geographic, and she's been on Oprah and CNN and different shows. She's very well known. She was even at the travel show in Los Angeles in January or February. That's where I heard about her book called Gutsy Women. So I picked up the phone, and I asked Mary Beth, would you like to come down and be my keynote speaker? Uh-huh. And she graciously accepted, so I am thrilled to death to have her be our keynote speaker on the 26th of September. That's fantastic, which, you know, as you were talking, I'm thinking, is this a female phenomenon? Or I know that you have male uh, right. guys that contributed to your book as well, but any sense for that? Is this Does this resonate more with women or men or with both? You, or You know, the funny thing is that most of the stories that I get are from women, and I don't know if it's because women are more open to sharing stuff that might be personal right uh their journeys you know in life uh their hardships than men um and i encourage men to share their stories too and on the panel that i have uh in september jason matthews is a gutsy man who's going to be on our panel and he basically was a contract painter painting houses and stuff and he quit his job in order to become a writer but he went through several hardships, you know, financially. Right. But that was a gutsy thing he did. So he'll be on the panel. Uh, and you said this is a free event? It's a free event. And people would like to, do you want them to register in advance? Well, I, uh, they, can, they can register on my site. Okay. There is a place when they, uh, you know, come to my homepage that okay. they can register. And that's great. But um, the theater can hold 500 people. So I'm hoping to fill it up with as many people as possible. Um, and we do have sponsors, and some of the sponsors, for example, we're g- going to give away some prizes. Um, we're giving away Laguna Playhouse tickets, mm-hmm. and I'm in the process of getting some others okay. right now, so I don't want to mention it. Right. Yes. Um, 
But on the other hand, I also wanted to mention that we're giving back to Woman Sage. Uh, Woman Sage is a nonprofit here in Orange County that helps women in transition. Yes. And so I thought that the My Gutsy stories uh, fit perfectly with Woman Sage because yes. many of these women sharing their stories have been through hardships in life, and that's exactly what Woman Sage does for women. So these are inspiring stories, they are. aren't they? They are. Yes. And your story, your first book, Freeway to Flip Flops, and your second book, My Gutsy Story Anthology, if someone would like to buy your books, how do they do that? Well, um, they are both on Amazon. Great. But you can also, if you want to read a little bit about what is this book about, you can go to my website, soniamarsh.com. Or you can also, they can be uh, ordered on, you know, Barnes & Noble, Nook, Kobo, everything. Okay. So, so you have ebooks versions of these as well? Yeah. The, the new one, the My Gutsy Story Anthology, is just in print form. It will be an ebook, Kindle, and all that in a few days. Fantastic. Um, I've got a few minutes left. Uh, my engineer tells me we have about four minutes left before we need to uh, call this session over. Um, I wonder if you could, in all that you've done... And the willingness that you are branding yourself and people know you now around this idea of being a gutsy person. It, it, do you have any words of encouragement for people that are out there who are on the fence about a major decision or taking that step like you and your husband took to, with all that you didn't know? Would you say, is there anything you could say to them to help them with their decisions? Well, w one thing that really affected me when I was 25 years old is that my mother passed away at 57 mm. and I knew that my parents did not have the ability to do the travel and all the things that they had planned on doing when they retired and that I'm an only child and that really I was very close to my parents and that really hit home that you must not postpone your dreams you will always find an excuse to not do something when you're young you don't have money when you're married, you have kids, and then you have all Other these expenses. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got aging parents to take care of, or you say, we'll wait till retirement. Well, you don't know what your health is going to be like. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. No. I'm just being honest. Right. And so my words of uh, encouragement are, if there's something that you are thinking about doing, really try to plan it and go for it. Do not try to say, oh, we'll wait until, you know, so what if you have kids? Do it with your kids. They, it's a wonderful learning experience if you want to travel with your kids. So many people here in America say, oh, we have to wait till they're older. But I grew up in Europe where people take their kids places right. even when they're little. So so I have about two minutes left. And you, you, that was, you reminded me of a question that I wanted to ask. That year in Belize for your boys, what was, looking back on it now, how did it affect them? Well, as I said, it reconnected. It got my oldest son back on track. It was almost like a miracle pulling him out of this Orange County situation where he wasn't doing too well in school and getting in trouble. So that uh, had a huge effect on him, just pulling him out. Um, my middle son realized by looking at his dad and seeing how happy my husband was in Belize, not having the stress of the job here, although we did have other stresses, but still he had time for his kids. My son realized how important it is to pick a profession in life that you really, wow. really feel passionate about. So he's going to medical school to become a doctor right now. Oh, that's fantastic. See, and, and, I mean, unintended consequences, right? And these life 
they'll never forget that experience, will they? And so I, I'm sure, long story short, it was a valuable experience for your family to spend the year in Belize. It sure was, and I do not regret it, and I think that was the best thing that happened. And I'm ready for another adventure. <laughs> All right. Well, before you leave us, I'm going to ask you one more time, what is your website if people would like to follow you as a blogger, your yeah. social media, how do they find you online? Um, you can find me at Sonia, S-O-N-I-A, Marsh, M-A-R-S-H, dot com. SoniaMarsh.com, you'll see all kinds of information, my website, my blogs. I blog twice a week about motivational stuff, my gutsy stories. And so I welcome you to come and check it out for the event as well. I'm very impressed with what you've done. I think this is I love the way one good thing leads to another, leads to another, and I, I know you're going to have nothing but continued success with your effort to help people and inspire people. So, Sonia, we're going to have you back in the future here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Thank you for being a friend of the program, and welcome to our community. Thank you, Rick. That was wonderful. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. Do not go anywhere. We're going to take a short commercial break, and you're going to get some latest information from our news service. And when we come back, our second guest will be here on Critical Mass Radio Show. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to our show to learn from our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our program. We deliver over 39,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions a month. 
To learn more, contact our advertising department, which is at 949-887-4104, and I'll be glad to talk with you about advertising on Critical Mass Radio Show. As I mentioned earlier, last month we had over 12,000 downloads of various episodes of Critical Mass Radio Show, and we appreciate your continued support. As I said, our second guest is Doug Boutwell. He's the founder of Totally Rad Incorporated. I've asked Doug to be on the show today because he's a photo pro who turned to a software creator that found success in photo editing software and iPhone applications. He's created with his wife uh, Totally Rad Incorporated and developed Rad Lab, the widely used desktop digital photo editing program for Photoshop. The most recent creation, Pick Tap Go, is an iPhone app that features 55 different customizable filters. Doug, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, good. Tell me a little bit about your path to Totally Rad Incorporated. Uh, yeah, the the party line on this is that it was a, an accidental company uh, in a way. Um, at the time, I was a wedding photographer, and uh, my wife and I had a lot of success there. Um, and as part of that, um, in the wedding photography industry, as with a lot of other places, there's this um, kind of secondary market for people to teach the secrets to their success to other people. And so we were doing seminars and workshops and and um, one of the things as a photographer you have to deal with is what do I do with the thousands of photos that I shoot um, in a given a wedding or during a shoot or whatnot? How do I get through those um, without spending a week in, in post-production? And um, so, you know, this is kind of early in the digital revolution um, that we were kind of developing our own in-house tools to deal with this. And people would say, well, why don't you sell those? Um, these sound awesome. I would love to have them. Uh, so we did, and uh, I didn't really want to start a software business. My okay. goal was always to be a photographer. I wanted some extra money for some gear that I just felt like it would have been a splurge, and so I said, okay, I'll, I'll make a set of these Photoshop actions, which are um, sort of like macros for Photoshop. Okay. Um, they drive Photoshop to um, do common workflow tasks, like sharpen things or add a little bit of contrast and snap and punch to your photos. Um, and we packaged that up and called it the Totally Rad Action Mix and sent it on its way. Uh, we didn't expect to have a whole lot of success with it, um, but surprise, surprise, uh, it actually did pretty well on the strength of the, the word of mouth from our friends and other people we knew in the industry, and just word kind of spread about this product that people were enjoying. So we said, oh, a year later, let's do this again, and we made another set, and we called it TRA2, Totally Red Actions 2, um, and it kind of took off from there. Um, starting with Photoshop Actions, and then um, in 2010, we said, well, maybe we should actually get serious about this business um, that doesn't seem to be going away. I still right. didn't want to be a business person at this point. I wanted to be a photographer. I didn't want to run a software business. Um, but, um, yeah, we said, let's, let's double down on this and, and take the opportunity that's in front of us. And so we hired staff and moved into a, f a real office and, you know, put on our, our big boy business pants. And, uh, you know, a few years later, here we are with a couple great products under our belt and some, some good momentum. So... Let's talk about you as an entrepreneur then, and uh, owning a so and running a software development right. company. What's your philosophy, your guiding principle for how you're constructing that firm and leading it? Um, yeah, well, first and foremost, um, you know, I have I have a principle that at the company, everyone we hire is is a photographer. Um, I found that you know, the, the first and foremost, our audience we, we focus on photographers, um, people who are passionate about photography, uh, people that are kind of hobbyists get get sucked into the mix a little bit, but for the most part, we're Photographer, a company by photographers for photographers. And so, you know, I think the first part is to build a team that's built around those values and that passion. But uh, other than that, um, I think treating that community right and giving them stuff that they can really be passionate and excited about, tools that make their lives easier and make them feel like, uh, wow, this is, you know, um, photography is rewarding. It's fun. It's not, a, it's not a grind. 
is it getting easier to find your added value or is it getting more challenging uh, yeah in a way it's getting more challenging um there when we started i think it was a very clear cut set of problems that needed to be solved okay um digital photography was sort of in its infancy um as a mainstream concern and there were a lot of uh the, the tools available to people were clunky and ine- inelegant um and over the last um half a decade especially um those have become much more mature much more easy to use um and at the same time that has kind of dovetailed the technology for mobile has become more mature and you know right. you can do iphone photography seriously and and get great results with it so um it's i think it's because it's a market that's growing so rapidly and technology is changing so quickly it's it's forced us to stay on our toes about the opportunities that we pursue right are you uh do you also develop for the android marketplace um, yeah, we looked at that, and uh, we do have one iPhone application, PicTapGo. Um, and PicTapGo um, is, I think, about six months old now. We set back in, I think, March. Um, and based on the success of that, we said it's kind of iffy whether Android makes sense. iPhone, uh, as a platform, is a lot easier, I think, to develop for, especially in photographic and graphics-heavy mm-hmm. um type of applications um and android just presented a list of technical challenges that we kind of kind of looked at it and said unless you know picked up go is a number one app with a bullet um i don't know if we're going to borrow the headache of of um going to the android market we've had a lot of requests for it but um the reality is with with an iphone app you need to sell half a million copies for it to be worth your time right because of the price point yeah exactly um so it was sort of a swinging for the fences um sort of project to build an iphone app at all but we felt it's something we wanted. It was scratching a personal itch for the company, and um, our customers wanted it. And I think it's been a success, but um, it's hard to justify the money when it seems like the desktop for us has been a much more profitable uh, place. So you said earlier you try to hire or you do hire photographers, mm-hmm. but they must also then have some level of software development skills. Um, yeah, our our team, um, and this is a principle that you know I kind of went by until we started branching out and hiring an engineering staff and and bringing on some marketing people a few years ago and I strayed from that a little bit and I think it was um it was a mistake you know our our the, the things that we have to concern ourselves with um in terms of understanding the art of what people do um it's not really some people get photography and some don't you need to be able to look at a picture and say this is amazing because of this and this lights my fire because of this right. um otherwise you just can't connect with our audience so it's been difficult and it continues to be a little difficult um but it's something that I, I just feel so strongly about that if you don't if you don't get photography, it's not something you're passionate about. Then it's kind of hard. For, it would be like hiring a chef that doesn't like to eat. Yeah. Um, so th- I think that's been a good thing moving forward. Okay. How how large is your firm? Um, we're currently at six people, um, and we're looking to hire a couple more engineers. Congratulations um, on that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The engin- engineering staff is uh, it's a big capital expense, but it's yeah. it's worthwhile. We we've hired some really experienced, really talented people, and so. You know, could have seven engineers that are okay or two or three really good ones. I see another um, product, photo editing product that you have called Dirty Pictures. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, don't ever name uh, your product something that people won't want to type into Google. It's <laughs> uh, the lesson to learn there. You can never really clear out your browsing history, no matter what you do, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, uh, the, the name Totally Rad was an accidental thing, and a lot of the, the names we've given to things have been flippant and sarcastic. And again, because we weren't for a long time taking our business very seriously, so part of the, the, the brand, part of the persona of what we are is is uh, a little bit laid back and tongue-in-cheek. And so, yeah, Dirty Pictures is essentially a, a software package that allows you to add textures and it's kind of grunge overlays onto your photos, um, gives you this package of, um, they're essentially 
start from pictures of concrete and rusty things, and when you uh, smash them together with a photo in a particular way, it gives it this, this faded, old, rustic look. Um, and that's a particular style that was really in vogue a few years ago and, and still kind of continues to be. So we thought, oh, it like, looks like your pictures are dirty. Let's call it dirty pictures because we're smart asses. Can I say that? Um, yes, <laughs> you just did. All right. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, and surprisingly, it continues to do really well, and we're actually working on a follow-up to that right now. That's our, our main engineering concern right now is uh, Dirty Pictures 2, which we're going to have to – we still don't have a good name. <laughs> but we're, Formerly known as, yeah. Yes. So, but, so Instagram is a very yeah. popular platform that yes. a lot of people are using. How, how does that – is that any way uh, benefit your business model? Is there any way to capitalize on it? Is, is it? Does it distract from what you're doing? I mean, just what's your view of it as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I, I I hope it continues to, to grow. I mean, it's um, it's an addictive. It, it's really social media for photographers. I mean, that's one thing that Facebook and Twitter never really quite got right. right. Um, but Instagram puts the photos first, and all the photographers that I know um, are very active on Instagram first and foremost. And so um, it's been you know it, it's the primary means that people share their photos through PicTapGo, and the, and it's the primary vehicle through which that has uh, been marketed really. We haven't spent that much in the way of marketing dollars on Picked Up Go, but despite that, it's been a, a moderately, if not you know, moderate to high level of success with that app. And it's been all in the strength of the conversation that happens on Instagram. Um, because it's such a tight community and because it's mostly creatives, I think that uh, the things that happen there, people pay a little more attention to, and, and it's really easy to show uh, for our products for Picked Up Go in particular, people can hashtag Picked Up Go. Mm. And so, um, and the app builds that in by default. So when you, whenever you share a photo to Instagram, it hashtags it picked up go. And if you don't want it, you can erase it. But otherwise, right. uh, it becomes sort of a mini ad for the product. So it's it's a huge opportunity. I hope they continue to add features and support for different things um, because it's been great for us so far. We're going to take our commercial break, and then we'll be back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, I want to ask you, if I may, about the influence of technology, not technology like Instagram, but sure. technology in the cameras. The reason why I ask is mm-hmm. yesterday we had an independent film um, maker on who has a red camera and he gave us a little appreciation for why he values that technology and yep. and so I have another art- artist here in the room so I kind of want to come back and at least ask you for sure. your opinion on what's happening from a technology perspective with the kind of products that you're able to use but first ladies and gentlemen we're going to take a short commercial timeout, and then we'll be back with Doug Botwell and we're going to be talking about technology and his firm Totally Red Incorporated This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. 
This show is one in a series of radio, radio of programs. Live radio. One in a series of programs that we host each week. Uh, we do a nonprofit show featuring and focusing on worthy nonprofits throughout Southern California. We do a manufacturing show where we talk with manufacturing companies and people who help manufacturing companies talk about the unique challenges of being a manufacturer in Southern California. And then twice a month we do our nationally syndicated Coast to Coast radio show where I interview business leaders and executives from across the country. If you know of a guest or you think maybe you would make a good guest on Critical Mass Radio Show, Go to our website, www.criticalmass4forbusiness.com, and send me an email. I'll be happy to have my producer, Rachel, follow up with you. As I said, our guest today is the founder of Totally Rad Incorporated. Actually, he found it with his wife, but he is here in the studio, so we'll give him the credit for that. There you go. Doug Botwell. Botwell, sorry. And before the break, I said, tell me a little bit about technology and what that's done in your industry. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in a way... Uh, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for digital photography. Um, the the demand for the kind of things we do before everyone started moving towards digital cameras was so low that uh, you know trying to squeeze out Adobe or whoever else were players in the market wouldn't have been worth the effort. But the, the last few years, I mean, the competition that we had for Photoshop actions, as an example, has has gone from a handful of firms I could probably count on my my hands. Um, to you know, hundred plus last I checked for wow. people to just make Photoshop actions, and um, so it's created a ton of opportunity um, in that the technology's gotten so good, everyone can make digital photos with the thing in their pocket, you know, um, and the cameras have gotten so good that the technology is is not really a hurdle to making good pictures anymore. So in that regard, the the user base for our products has the potential user base has grown tremendously. Um, but it's been more and more challenging to come up with things that people really need to make their photos, uh, to improve their photos and to finish their photos, because a lot of it just comes out of the camera looking really good. Right. Um, so we've had to continue to kind of move the target for, for what our products do um, and either make them easier to use than what's out there or provide them with kind of effects and looks that are hard to reproduce, um, and ideally both, really, is what we try to do. And it sounds like, though, Doug, that you had a bit of a first-mover advantage and that you, you've you been in this space when there were only a handful of competitors. And, and, and I would think that's an advantage where you have some level of customer loyalty, brand recognition, yeah. et cetera, where all these other entrants. But then when you have 100 competitors, potentially, or people out there who offer different choices, it does get to be a crowded and somewhat noisy place to be sometimes, I would think. Yeah, it is. And... Um I imagine it's a little bit like having a website. Like if if you were uh, actually, this is a good analogy. Um, when we were doing photography, it used to be if you had a website at all, that was a huge competitive advantage, right? Um, because people didn't have to look you up in the phone book or go to your studio; they could kind of shop online. And uh, once everyone had a website, you needed to have a flash website, which was fancy and you can fancy slideshows and all this. And then after that, you had to have a blog. And after you had a blog, you had to have a Facebook. And so. Um, there's this kind of game of one-upmanship with um, how you present yourself um, versus your competition. And we're seeing the same thing in our segment where it used to be you could create a set of Photoshop actions um, and there weren't that many people doing that, so um, you had a huge advantage. But now that everyone's doing it, we've had to invest more in the technology um, behind the products to do more and more fancy things, make things uh, more impressive things, let's say, um, and to make it easier on the consumer. And that's where RadLab came in. That was our, our moat, so to speak, to make it difficult for other firms to, to compete with us. In what way? RadLab uh, takes what you... So, so Photoshop Actions, um, if you picture pressing a button in Photoshop, and it does... Photoshop is a very complicated program um, that normally would take a 
phone book sized you know manual to do some of the simplest things you imagine just being able to press one button and all of a sudden your your photo um has this beautiful black and white effect applied that's you know punchy and rich blacks and that's what our products would do. The shortcoming of that is you had to kind of memorize what each of these things did to have any idea what you were going to get at the other end. Right. Uh, what RadLab did is take all of that and turn it into a completely visual experience. Um, the program would pre-render little thumbnails ahead of time of everything that you could do in the program, and then you would just kind of shop with your eyes. Oh, wow. Yeah, you didn't need to remember what any of that did. Right. Um, you could just kind of look through a list, and the idea was that it would be simple enough you wouldn't have to know anything about uh, contrast or saturation or you know tonal range or any of that you could just pick the photo that looks the best and iterate over that until you're happy with it um, so the investment in that has you know it's been a huge success for us um, and it's something that other companies can't just come out and do um, explaining how to use their product takes video tutorials and manuals and ours is literally like well, try it it's it's almost impossible not to use wow so, so that is a differentiator for you yeah, definitely. Um, our focus for the last several years has really been on taking um, the technology that drives some of these, that drives image processing and packaging up into something that's as easy to use as possible. You can never go wrong making it easy to use, can you, in technology? I mean, it's uh, Apple yeah. Apple created that. I mean, if you think about easy to use and differentiated experience, yeah. it, you'd be hard-pressed, even if you're not an Apple client, yeah. to admit they have they had figured it out better than anybody. Uh, certainly, and I think um, that's what Instagram success, you know, that's where that lied in, um, is ultimately in to strip this down to what people need. It's essence, just give them that, and people yeah. will, you know, build around that experience. So yeah. um, it, It's funny how people, uh, not in your line, because it's obviously, the, the tools are complex, but almost sometimes the user manuals are secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, many times, I think, consumers expect to be able to use a product. It ought to be intuitive enough that I can figure it out. Which is a high bar for a developer because you never yeah. know who you're giving these products to, right? It's true, yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of tools as developers that we can bring to this. Uh, you know, that, that becomes an interface design problem, really. How do we present this unknown... Listen to you, interface design problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Lofty terms. Um, <laughs> but really, it's, 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 uh, it's a user interface design problem. It's, it's how do you make something that you can just present to anybody and have them understand by analogy to the real world how this thing works. And that's... Um, a- Apple did that really well um, with, like, the iPhone. And a lot, they use a lot of skeuomorphism in their design, making, like, the calendar look like a calendar. Um, and as much as possible, we've just tried to do the same thing, drive things with pictures, because photographers inherently understand photos. Makes sense. Yeah. So what's the future hold for you and for your firm? Uh, well, our newest product uh, is called Replichrome, and it uh, is actually a set of... We've gone back to making presets and actions to some extent. Uh, it works with Lightroom, which is another uh, Adobe product. Um, and what it does is gives you these very accurate emulations of old films. So in a way, we're going retro. Um, and simultaneously, we're kind of doubling down on the technology in Rad Lab and Dirty Pictures and iterating over what we've done there to make them even more user-friendly, um, even more capable. So I think uh, our plan of attack from where, we, from where I sit has to be simultaneously um, giving people better tools on the desktop for professional photographers and people that are very serious about this. Right. Um, and continuing to sort of poke the box in the mobile space and see... Um, because I, I do think, for most companies, even Adobe, uh, an iPhone app is kind of a gamble. It's hard to guarantee success with that. Right. Um, but when you hit it right, you, you really you know do well with it. So it's kind of a game of maintaining uh, what we know works and continuing to try to swing for the fences here and there. That's a good challenge. Yeah. Um, 
you seem to have immersed yourself as a entrepreneur around technology and software development. Mm-hmm. Did you ever imagine this to be the case? And do you see this being the new you, or do you long for something different? I do miss getting to surf whenever I want. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I went to art school and, you know, waited tables until I figured out the photography thing. And so I've always had ambition to do this kind of stuff. And But I, I, I love the, being in the driver's seat of a business, and it's been uh, exciting and rewarding. And at this point, I can't imagine doing anything else. Wow. That's, that's a teachable moment, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yes. out there. You never know... Uh, there may be an, a lot of other entrepreneurs who have an opportunity, whether you're a reluctant entrepreneur, to use your yeah. term or not, uh, it can be very rewarding, can't it? Especially when you're employing six people and you're adding a couple more. It's, it feels good to be able to do that for the, you know, for your community as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really remaking uh, something that you're passionate about in the way you wish it would be. And that's where we started, and I think that's where, that's where the heart of entrepreneurial that, that drive is. It's, I'm passionate about this, and I wish it would be better. So I'm not going to wait for someone to do it. I'm going to go make it happen myself. Right. And if someone wanted to learn more about you and your company, what? How do they find you online? Yeah, www.gettotallyrad.com, um, or on Facebook at facebook.com/gettotallyrad. Uh, those would be the places to go and uh, check us out. I hope you never lose your certain amount of irreverence. <laughs> I hope you never forget your roots because I think just talking to you today, I'd not met you before you came into our studio. I, it, it's a, it's a piece of a unique differentiator about you sometimes people grip the bat a little bit too tight sure and and they don't play as well as if they take it a little more loose and and i i think that and it gets harder as you get more people looking <laughs> yeah. at you to make good decisions doug but yeah. um i, I want to thank you for your time today on the program thanks, thanks for, for being a friend me. of our program and kind of welcome to our community our guest here second guest was doug botwell he is the founder co-founder founder of Totally Rad Incorporated and the variety of software products that they are now developing for professional photographers and other serious photographers. I'm going to wrap up the show and thank our engineer, Paul Roberts, for engineering fine show today. Our producer is Rachel Franzi. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. And our marketing communications manager is Kelly Faltus. I'm Rick Franzi, your host, saying until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions will move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.